Hey ghouls and gals, thanks for tuning in. I'm Cat Commander. And I'm Kennedy Hunter. I wanted to apologize for the delay. We got a bit behind, but we're back. And you can always check for updates on our Instagram at Encountering Evil. Welcome to part two of Encountering Evil with the Cleveland Strangler. We left off with Sowell murdering Tashana Culver, and it's wild to me that no one even started to get suspicious. These women frequented the neighborhood, and suddenly all these women with similar backgrounds are going missing in the same neighborhood, and no one cares or even notices? And it gets worse. In the documentary Unseen, which is where I got a lot of this information, the owner of the local store, Imperial Beverage says that Anthony Sowell was a great guy for what he did and wishes there were more guys like him to quote, take out the trash, referring to the women that fell victim to Sowell's heinous crimes. Like how much of a piece of shit do you have to sit there and say this on a documentary where the victims of the families are actually in this documentary as well? And I just feel like this is the overall mentality of the community for these victims. It's not even being aired that these women are missing, and this allows Sowell to ultimately continue without even trying too hard. At this point, he had bodies out in the open because he was running out of space, and no one was looking for him. In August of 2008, 25-year-old Lashanda Long went missing. Her story is similar to the others. She was a mother of three and had plans to go to Cuyahoga College and get her life in order. But she unfortunately came across Anthony so well, and her skull was later discovered in a bucket underneath the basement stairs, and the rest of her body was never recovered. That is so unfair to the family. His complete disregard for life, just leaving somebody's mother, somebody's daughter, in a bucket, just their head. That's disgusting. It is, and now it is November, and Sowell's crimes are escalating, and another woman goes missing, 48-year-old Tanya Carmichael, on November 10, 2008, when she went to run errands. Her family became concerned when her car was found near East 118th and Kinsman's Road, just one mile away from Sowell's home. When she failed to pick up two paychecks from her job, her family attempted to report her missing, but they were told to go home and that she would return when she used up the rest of her fucking drugs. Wow. Can you imagine the devastation of the family? Where not only were they dismissed, but their worst fears were confirmed, and it could have been prevented if the police had done their fucking job. Another thing I wanted to point out is the way the media portrayed these women when they are finally talked about. And many of the sources I read, these victims are painted in a way that makes it seem like they deserved what happened to them. Again, these women are victims. Why are they bringing up their arrest records or using their mugshots or any other negative information that has nothing to do with their murder or the case itself? These women were bright, beautiful, and their lives were stolen. Now on October 2008, 45-year-old Michelle Madison went missing. And by the 12th of that same month, they tried to report her missing to not only the police, 
but the local news stations, and they refused the story. And one family member recalls that that same news outlet that refused to air her story aired that Christmas ornaments were being stolen out of yards, but would not go live about a human life. Her family wasn't taken seriously until her body was found buried in Sowell's backyard. It is now January 17th, 2009, and 44-year-old Kim Smith is missing three days before her birthday. She spent her last day with her father shopping and excitedly eating Chinese for lunch and talking about how ready she was for her birthday. She told him she was going out, gave him a hug and a kiss, and was never seen again. He put up dozens of missing flyers and made endless calls. Months later, he got the call no parent wants to receive from a family member saying his daughter was dead and her body was found in the crawl space of Sowell's home. Another few months go by and now a mother of four is reported missing, Nancy Cobb, and strangely enough, she too went missing around her birthday in April 2009 and her family reported her missing just six days after to the Cuyahoga Metropolitan Housing Authority Police. However, her case was never even entered into the system, according to public record. And the records they do have indicates that a report was made four days after the bodies were discovered in Sowell's home. Police Chief Andreas Gonzalez said, and I quote, there was no indication that there was anything suspicious about her disappearance. He goes on to say the officer who took the report back in April was supposed to actually go to Cobb's home, but never made it because he had other assignments to do. Again, total negligence and disregard for a life because they deemed it unimportant. By now, we are seeing a clear trend. Sowell doesn't even have to try to hide his crimes. I mean, he's leaving dead bodies in his living room. The amount of missing women just on this street should be alarming to police, but there is no additional surveillance or efforts to help and another woman goes missing. 47-year-old Amelda Amy Hunter. She was a beautician and loving mother. She wasn't local to the area, and she wasn't even reported missing until the police began to remove bodies from Sowell's home. The next victim is Janice Webb, whose family remembers her as a jokester that loved to laugh and go out with friends. So when the 48-year-old went missing June 3rd, 2009, it wasn't an immediate red flag, but by August, the family grew worried and reported her missing. Her body was found in Sowell's home five months after she went missing. Now Anthony Sowell is killing women within days of each other, and in the same month, June 2009, Talicia Fortson goes missing and was last seen bringing in groceries for her adoptive mother and cooking for her. She had a past of running away as a teen, and when she wasn't seen for a while, no one reported her missing until the news of bodies being pulled from a home emerged. When the police asked the family for identifying marks, the family mentioned she had her children's names tattooed on her arm, but it initially couldn't be identified due to the decomposition of her body. The last victim is Diane Turner, a mother of six who was battling addiction and abandonment issues. Her and her boyfriend, Martin, started attending parenting classes in rehab to regain custody of their children. Martin completed, but Turner did not, and unfortunately fell back into her addiction. She wished Martin a happy birthday in September of 2009 and was never seen again. It took a month to identify her body due to the difficulty of finding a blood relative. The final survivor is Latundra Billups, who met so well 
back when he was dating Lori Fraser, the mayor's niece. And she would occasionally use with them a while before her attack in September of 2009. This time, they met up to hang out and agreed to go back to his home to the second floor. Once there, she asked him if the rumors were true about him assaulting women. He denied it, and they began getting high and drinking. Once under the influence, he asked Billups to turn around and began hitting her and demanding her to take off her clothes. He then raped her while strangling her with an extension cord. She passed out, and when she came to, he was shocked that she was still alive, and then said, I'm going to kill you because I know I'm going to jail. Can you imagine someone saying that to you so matter-of-factly, knowing those could be the last words you ever hear in your life? I can't even imagine how she gets away at this point. This woman is amazing and remains clear-headed and reassures him that she won't contact police, and even gives her $50 for ruining her clothing. The following day, Latundra goes to the hospital and waits six fucking hours to be seen. Finally, she's able to file a report and this is actually what bursts the case wide open. On October 29th, 2009, authorities arrive at Sowell's home with a search warrant. Enter, and out in the fucking open, find two decomposing bodies. The following day, October 30th, three more bodies were discovered, two in a crawl space and one buried in the basement. During the manhunt for him, he called his half-sister, Teresa Garrison, who was unaware of his crimes. The two met on a two-way street where the police were unveiling his crimes just down the block. This is where he unleashed the truth about the murders and went on to say he was fucked up in the head. What do you even say in that situation? I'm sure she had been hearing rumors and she knew they had been looking for him, but to hear it come straight out of his mouth? How do you get a grip on the fact that your own brother is responsible for such sick crimes? After the encounter with his sister, he then walked off to hide from law enforcement. Finally, on October 31st, 2009, Anthony Edward Sowell was caught on Mount Auburn Avenue, just one mile away from his home. And on November 3rd, 2009, he was initially charged with five counts of murder until six more bodies were found. In the end, he was charged with 11 counts of aggravated murder, 74 counts of rape, kidnapping, tampering with evidence, and abuse of a corpse. In court, it came out that he would force the women to engage in oral sex, then sodomize them. And on September 4th, 2011, he was put on death row. But before he could be punished, he died February 8th, 2021, of an unnamed terminal illness. I want to end this episode with something positive. You'll be glad to hear that Latundra Billups has been sober for years and got not only an associate's degree, but later obtained her master's in social work from Cleveland University in 2016. And the city of Cleveland was forced to pay a combined amount of $1 million to the families of six victims, and Billups alone got $260,000, while Wade Thomas got $40,000 for the botched investigations that led to all these women being attacked. And although no amount of money can make up for the horror they endured, I'm glad they received some kind of compensation from the neglect of the city and the police. Sowell's home was also demolished in late 2011. Those survivors and the families of the victims deserved competent investigators. These women got mistreated from start to finish, from the way the police dismissed their being missing to the way the media had portrayed them. The police should be ashamed of their handling of this case. 
How many of these women would have survived if the police had taken the initial survivors seriously? But I'm so proud of LaTundra, and I wish the victims all had a chance to turn their lives around. Solul knew how vulnerable his victims were and blatantly took advantage of their addictions. That's going to do it for this episode. And make sure you check out our Instagram page at encountering underscore evil. Thanks for tuning in. And don't forget to look behind you.